0: To the next and newest episode of the gun dog notebook podcast this is your host durell smith and this is my audio journal about the stories legacies and bird dogs from individuals who have made significant contributions to the upland waterfowl and wing shooting community i'd like to thank my sponsor the pride dog food for supporting this endeavor as well as robin watson of Tibia Gun Dogs for contributing information on British field trial and British retriever training techniques. Stay tuned, you guys. This is the next episode of the Gun Dog Notebook. Notebook Podcast. This is Darrell Smith, this is your host, and I am on the line with Mr. Dan Rowe and his son Easton. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> We're doing well. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to thank you publicly because we have this good old storm coming in and, and everything is about to shut down here, so you guys are going to be the probably the last of my internet connection for a second, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> okay i, I figure we well, get a good one in there yeah
1: we'll make it worth
0: your while i hope uh, hey no nah, you you definitely you definitely are so let's talk about let's let's go ahead and get started i want to just talk a little bit about you guys's background information um you know how you guys got started with upland bird hunting your dogs how what what happened
1: um i will uh if you're specifically talking about upland birds
0: mm-hmm. um well hunting in general I, but preferably up, upland okay. birds yeah
1: okay well i'll give you the, the quick rundown maybe um my 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 dad uh, was not a hunter um i did not i didn't fire a gun until i was no was a junior in high school mm-hmm. got hooked up with got hooked up with a couple buddies um that uh, had family with a pretty large cattle ranch south of kansas city um so we started uh started doing uh turkey and deer hunting um i did hunted with that guy for a number of years uh, and then kind of college came around and everybody got busy i lost my place to hunt Um, didn't really care for public land uh deer hunting Mm -hmm. so i kind of I kind of backed off, did a little bit of uh, a little bit of bow hunting kind of in town. Um, and then, uh, uh, kind of picked back up, um, I had some family. I also had same time. I had some family in, uh, central Wyoming. Um, so I did some, uh, some elk and deer hunting out, out that way every other year or so. Um, when, uh, I have a work associate. Uh, it's actually my lighting salesman. Uh, I build homes. Okay. Um, has met met my boys. Um, really took a liking to Easton. Uh, he does not have he doesn't have a son. I'm not going to say that Easton is like his second son, but <laughs> he treats him like he is. Right. But um, he invited us up for uh, for deer hunting when Easton was seven. First first day he shot a uh, a nice eight point buck and he he was hooked <laughs> so uh, started you know from then it was just you know we started turkey hunting and he killed his first one the following spring when he was eight it was uh you know it's he, he seems to be in the right place at the right time every time right so um, so we got him Got him involved in the, and uh, just started shooting some traps just with us, and he was just a natural at it. Um, I got him hooked up. There's a local youth uh, league that he's involved with in the spring and, and summer, and um, just is he's a natural shot, way way better than me. <laughs> so so um, good.
0: No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I was. I was gonna talk a little bit of trash. I'm on Easton's team. Uh, Easton, do you shoot better than your dad? Yeah. No <laughs> question. No question. Yeah. He. He's a better shot than
2: me.
1: for Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> that is funny. So, Easton, what what does it feel like to shoot a, a big buck like that? I've actually never shot a buck before. So, what is what does that feel like?
2: Um, I mean, it's just, like, super exciting, I guess. I mean, you don't really know what you're feeling except, like, overjoy.
0: Yeah. Man, yeah. I, I I can definitely, uh, definitely attest to that.
1: Yeah, so so the, the standing rule up there now is you gotta shoot one that's bigger than the last one, mm. so. Okay. So, he, uh, miss, missed a year, and then he killed a. Uh, a decent nine pointer and the last year he shot one it was i think it scored around 140 if um if you know what a, if you know how deer scoring goes
0: yeah it's I, I know that's a pretty good number i do know that pretty high yeah yeah
1: so so my wife and i were talking easton's not been real interested in playing uh playing we got it we we tried soccer and we tried football and basketball and you know he just really wasn't interested i mean he he enjoys fooling around playing but he doesn't want to do it as an organized team sport so so we got him on the trap team and he started shooting and my wife and i started talking and uh we started looking uh started our own kind of you know research on on dog breeds um and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm the type of guy that, you, you know, if everybody's going one way, I'm going the other. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I ruled out pretty, pretty quickly a, a handful of breeds, um, mm-hmm. just, just based on that. But as so we started looking and I had actually settled on, I, I think the one that just without ever meeting the dog, I had settled on a, actually a poodle pointer. Um, wow, that, was, was hey, kind of the one.
0: That, good dog. Good dog now. Uh,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I had kind of decided that's the route we, I thought I might start looking at. And my wife on her own came up with a, with the Deutsch stratar Okay. Um, so, so pheasants fest was here in Kansas city. And, uh, and we, we went down and, um, Met a couple of there was a there was a whole line of German breeds down one whole aisle, and um, we talked to a couple of folks. There was there was two or three drops there, and um, the the one you know we really just took a liking to to one of them that was there, and and um, one the, I stayed in contact with the guy the, the guy that helped me there at the pheasant at Pheasants Fest. And he helped me pick out a breed, uh, or a, a breeding. Um, and we drove, called the guy. He had one female left that was unspoken for. We drove up to Des Moines, didn't get to pick the dog. She was the last one and, uh, really, really couldn't have picked a better dog.
0: Wow. Um,
1: she's great. She's great with the kids. Um, I had a, I had a, four four-year-old at the time as well and they were just they were best buds and just great at home but she's got to switch the flips when we hit the field
0: nice nice well I I know and everybody that has a a, a drot, I know that they're very very good dogs just seeing my buddy um and he's gonna laugh at me when I shout him out again but my buddy Richard um, uh-huh. he has a draw, and I think if I'm not mistaken, he might be getting another one. But that is a machine for a dog, man. That is a machine.
1: Well, you know, I, and again, I I don't have, I've got no real experience to draw from. So, mm.
2: <laughs> so
1: I know, I know, I've watched her outwork some some other people's dogs that, uh, you know, that are pretty experienced, um, and. So yeah. she's, she's, in my book, she's special.
0: <laughs> right, right. I, hey, look, I understand. And, you know, I, I think you were on the right path. I'm going to be a little biased. Between a poodle pointer and a dry, both of those dogs, I don't think you could have went wrong with. I, I mean, out of all the German breeds, um, I'm going I'm to I'm get a couple of listeners call me afterwards. And <laughs> they're going to gonna talk a little trash to me. But um sure. i think between the the dry and the poodle pointer i've had not i've heard nothing but just really 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 stellar reviews man so um you know i commend you for that if you, you i don't think you could have started with a better dog so as as far as you know bird dogs you guys are in kansas well
1: Actually, I'm I'm in Kansas City. I live on the Missouri side, but real close to
0: Kansas. Okay, okay, okay. So you are you are literally yeah. right there, close to the border. Actually, I remember driving through uh, last time last year when I went to Kansas. We we came through Kansas City. So yeah, it is right there. So how did how is it that you guys learned the landscape, especially you know you guys are so close. What what was your strategy for you and your son to learn together, um, especially upland bird hunting? What what did y'all? How did that go down?
2: Well, um, so
1: I, I, my brother has a relationship with Edgar Castillo, mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I and I knew I knew that my my brother's uh, I, I knew kind of a little bit. Of, my brother told me I should should probably meet up with him and talk to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I called Edgar, um, met met up with him, and he 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 uh, he invited me to, to to go on a trip with the guy with all the guys. Yeah. Um. So you know, and I I I was like, man, are you sure? I was like, I got a pup, and a, and an eleven year old.
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I, you know, basically, I was I was not I didn't want to go without I didn't want to go without my son right um and uh so it 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 really worked out I mean it was just easton easton it was with that group of guys he is just one of the guys
2: yeah um
1: nobody cuts him any slack he's you know he's just one of the guys yeah so he he gives as much as he gets
0: right and so, then and then comes in and shoots better than everybody right
1: <laughs> well he yes yep so he, uh, yeah. So yeah, that, that particular trip we went on, you know, Macy was, was the only dog we had with us. And I, I don't know, I think there was six of us maybe, uh, did, did a little bit of duck hunting and a lot of, a lot of, uh, upland bird hunting. Actually the first, man, that was Macy's first, uh, excursion with for wild birds and her, her first bird was the first bird that she retrieved was uh, was a snipe that edgar shot
0: nice
1: so
0: nice that, so we got i, I was clutch. i was gonna ask you um speaking of of wild birds i hear uh mr easton you were pretty choosy and and I think you set goals on certain birds that you wanna you wanna hunt that day
2: um yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to try snakes. Yeah. It sounded pretty fun.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So.
2: Probably one of my favorite birds to hunt.
0: Really? Why is that?
2: Um, it's just different. It's not like any other hunting. You know, if you can find them, there's a lot of them. Um, fast bird and little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, if you can find them and get into them, they're just really fun to
0: shoot man you you sound like i need to come out there and hunt with you man (laughs) i i I feel i'm almost scared because i feel like you could probably shoot and show me a a few things out in the woods a little bit better than i can so (laughs) that is cool i mean and that's that is just a really cool story inspirational story now i'm a big quail guy So do you guys, do either, either of you guys have a, like a preferred species of quail that y'all are either trying to hunt, haven't got yet, or you do just really, really, really enjoy out that way?
1: Well, um, around, around here, it's all, it's all bobwhite.
0: Um,
1: so I, you can get into scaled quail down in Southwest Kansas. Um, I have been down there. I have never shot one. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh. So as
0: far, as far as quail goes, it's, it's Bob White here. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We are, uh, I'm a Georgia boy. So Bob White's is, is like traditionally our thing. Um, I, I do a lot of pen birds and when I do want to hunt out in Kansas, that's, that was actually my first and only upland bird that I had shot in Kansas. We'd hunted Ducks. Um, and I messed around and stepped on a pheasant somehow, some way I'm, I'm glad I didn't hit it. Cause I wasn't sure what, uh, whether it was a rooster or a hen or anything like that, but yeah, that was the first upland bird that my dog had retrieved out in Kansas. So man, I, I think I'm just in love with the whole Kansas landscape, honestly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, uh, I got hooked up with Edgar. I did that trip with him, and I, I kind of. Um, Edgar is a. He keeps very, his 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 walk-in hunting map here in here in Kansas is, is, is meticulously copied year after year after year. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he keeps a stencil deal and makes. Uh, I mean, it's the neatest looking map I've ever seen. Really. You know, you compare it to mine, and I got all these chicken scratches all over the place and just weird words and just, you know, marks all over it. And so, so Edgar on that trip helped me out with some places that maybe weren't, weren't too far away uh, from where we, from where we live. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, really, what I did, I mean, I just started driving. I mean, it was, it was no big deal. That particular year, my work was kind of, it's kind of weird where I'd be, I'd be wrapped a couple times a week. I'd be wrapped up with everything I had to get done for the day by ten o'clock in the morning. So I'd I'd pack up, and uh, we were homeschooling Easton that year as well. So we we'd pack up and we we'd drive a couple hours away and, and get an afternoon quail or pheasants.
0: Man, so. that is beautiful, Easton. I I think you have the ideal life for for a kid, man. Like- <laughs> Like I really think yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. So
1: he, he's got a mess.
0: Now, now, how does how is it? How does the grades work? Are there any like repercussions or anything like that if you don't come home with certain grades or anything?
2: Um, I gotta keep them up.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Of course, we got to. I uh, I I know with me, I grew up playing a lot of team sports, so that was I mean my my parents weren't having it you know of course I had to be on the A team and starting and all of that and my grades were always up but as far as me and my wife I think the way that you guys are you know the way that you guys did introduce Easton to um, you know trap shooting and stuff like that I honestly wish that at Easton's age I was doing the same thing because my granddad I mean he had taught me how to shot and I mean how to shoot uh beforehand as a kid but I knew absolutely nothing about you know trap shooting and things like that and the range was actually right around the corner from my house so I mean you you have the world in front of you man it, as far as college if you want to go there you got college scholarships I mean you'll be you know you'll be a phenomenal hunter by the time you get to be in your you know mid to late 20s and stuff so you know, Dan, I just really commend you for the way that you got in the relationship that you guys have developed. Um, I mean, it's just very unique. I, I, My jaws dropped when you were telling me about it before when we had talked and, and spoke. So and, and I kind of want to get into the trap shooting uh, thing now. Easton, do you do you only do trap? Do you shoot ski five stand or anything like that? Or did you?
2: Um, I shoot trap and um sporting clays.
0: Okay, okay, okay. What do you prefer?
2: Uh, sporting clays, just because it's pretty fun to walk around and shoot at all the different targets. Okay, they uh, how each one throws each week, so it's never the same. Okay, always so got a new challenge.
0: Okay, well that's cool. That's cool, man. I uh, one of my biggest goals for this season is to actually shoot less skeet. I'm a big like fan of skeet shooting when I go. Um I actually for the practice on game birds I want to shoot a little bit more five stand. Um I just I think trap is great and I think skeet is great but I like the variety and I think it'll be better for uh you know for anybody that's there now and Easton I'm I'm putting you on the on the on the on the uh, on the spot here if you were to introduce anybody to sports shooting, what is one thing that you keep on your mind to make sure that you hit those clays each time? Like if it's one piece of advice.
2: Um, just
0: look at the target. Okay. Okay. Not aim, but actually look and follow the target.
2: Yeah. Look at the target.
0: Okay all right i think that's simple enough man i look keep it simple (laughs) keep it simple don't make it too complicated um so with this drothar you guys are actually and are you guys involved with the the vdd club or testing training anything like that
1: i am or we are um so uh the, the the first year um the the guy I got hooked the, the guy I got hooked up with he's north of town he he wasn't able to help me do a whole lot of training but he was he was great for advice right so um we uh I am fortunate that my family has a, a thirty acre chunk of of ground just right smack in the middle of Kansas City that it's got a it's got a eleven acre pond on it um so so training for me was, um, I mean, it was just, I live two blocks from my folks, so nice. it, it was just literally just walk out the door and I, and I was ready to go. Um, so, so he, uh, through his verbal help, um, we started, we started the, uh, um, tr- pretty well followed, um, just his advice with, um, getting us ready for the spring natural ability test. um, and I, I didn't i didn't really i didn't really meet anybody here probably by my own fault um i didn't i never really got hooked up with anybody i couldn't find anybody else local that had that had, was trying for tra- was training any any young drops mm-hmm. so um so i kind of did it on my own uh that that first that first year but she had a lot of wild bird exposure at her first fall before her spring natural ability test. So that, that helped a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the birds and then, the
1: um, yeah. So, um, I, she, I taught her to, you know, we taught her to track rabbits. Um, I, I the very beginning, we actually, the, one of the very first things I did was blood tracking actually.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, that guy, that guy, that helped me was really thinks that's the really the way t- to start. So that's what that's what we did. And uh, so, um, so I didn't do a whole lot in the way of, of uh, water work uh, until this until her she was a little over a year old. And then then I got hooked up with some people that are a hundred miles north of here that were doing weekly uh, training days. And, um, and those, those guys were, were great. Um, super, super informative, really nice people, great people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and, and, you know, just helping me just cause they're, they're nice people. Right. So
0: That's the best way to go. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So that's, that's where we tested her fall, her fall natural ability test. Um, the HZP, um, we did it up there actually at their place. Uh, and, uh, so she, she is officially breed certified. Um, so, um, I'm not, I'm not probably ready for the final test. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of things that come up this year that kind of delayed my, my, my plan, but, uh, but we're, we're planning on breeding her probably yeah. on her next heat cycle.
0: Um, and, uh, I think we'll probably keep it, keep one out of that litter. So. Nice, 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 nice. So what now, when you say you're not ready for that final test, what is it? Let's talk about that process. What makes you think you're not ready and, and what are the expectations expectations for the final test? And if you even feel like it, let's just talk about just how the test goes in general from natural ability all the way through.
2: Well, um,
1: the the wish that have brought my little book that showed me all the <laughs>
2: stuff.
1: and um, the 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 puppy test or the spring natural ability test really is not is not supposed to be any real trained subjects at least that's the way I understood it
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: so they want to see they want to see that your dog in, in, in the case of so so well let me back up so at the test or at my test. We had we had five, four or five draughts people with draughts and then there was a line of beaters that were beating the, the brush, trying to kick up a rabbit. Um, when the rabbit when the rabbit kicked up, the judge uh, marked the spot where he saw the rabbit run off, and which direction it went. They call you up, and you get your dog started um, on on the track. Yeah, and. Uh, So they want to see that your dog can track for basically track the line that the rabbit ran uh, for as long as they saw it. In in my case, she she was off like a lightning bolt right on it, and actually actually ended up almost almost catching it. Wow. Um, So, so, um, as far as uh, there there is a pointing section of the. uh, of that test. And they're not looking for, you know, a, a, a two minute sustained point with her paw up and her tail sticking straight up. Um, they just want to see that she indicates that she just smelled the bird and it doesn't have to be long. Four or five seconds is good enough for the judges. Um, I mean, it really, they just want to see that she's got some, that there's, na- there's there's some natural ability there. That's what they're looking for. Okay. So, um, um, I don't know. I think you you might you have a little experience with NAVDA, I think, right?
0: I've, I've experienced it. I know about it. I've never participated. Um, now, I will say I'm planning on getting an English pointer uh, next year, yep. so I am actually um, pre- planning on joining NAVDA, but I do know enough about it, yes.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I don't really know that much about them, so I don't know. They're, I think their test might be a little different, maybe, Hmm. Um, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. A little different, but probably
0: about the same. I think it is close to the same. I know um, the NAVDA standards are very similar to VDD standards. I do know that. Um, Okay. As far as natural ability and things, you know, they're looking for that dog to, I mean, hopefully this doesn't sound too stupid, but. They're looking for that dog to do exactly what it was bred for, and a draught was bred as a versatile versatile dog, um, right? And those tracking abilities are are absolutely key. Over in in Germany, you know, those guys are are pulling multiple types of game, and not just birds. You know, like you say, rabbits. Um, I even think they were they're 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 uh, supposed to blood track hogs and deer and stuff like that too.
2: Well, and. Then-
1: yeah, and that's that is so that the the last test, um, there is a um I think it's a I think it's a four hundred meter blood track that she, that she would have to track. Um and then you have an option to to send it on by herself, I think, for another two hundred meters if for extra points. Mm. Um, um she she can track. Um, she tracked the Easton's deer last year. It was no, no problem, okay. and uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, there's, there's some. The last test becomes a little more trained. Um, it's a, well, it's way more trained. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: you, you got beaters in the woods firing guns off, and your dog's got to stay seated on the ground and can't, you know, can't move. I got to seat her on the ground and walk away and fire shots, and she can't get up. Um, there's. There's a handful of other things that you, you know as a as a first-time gun dog owner and really, frankly, a first-time dog trainer.
0: Like we all are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, there's
1: there's no time there's no timetable for when you can do that test. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I haven't lost out on the chance to do it. I just, there's, I, I, I suspect that there was, there's a probably a couple areas where I, where she wouldn't pass. So I'm not going to take her.
0: Okay. So, okay. Well, I mean, I and think that would that's be smart. It would be all my own. Yeah.
1: That would be all me. Be all my, all my downside, not, not hers.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, and I think that's an honest and very realistic expectation. I mean, you know, when we talk about dog training, you always want to set your dog up for the best possible you know, opportunity to be successful. Right. And and I think as trainers, you have to know where your dog is and where you are as a trainer. That's definitely key. Um, right. And I, and I just really, really, really think that's important. I, and I can commend you guys and, and respect that decision. Let me ask you this, though. So with the German breeds, especially Drots and German Shorthairs and things like that and Kurtzars and, just all of the the fancy german names you guys yep. is, is is blood tracking or the tracking ability do you train that differently to accommodate for maybe wind scenting so is, is the training technique different for you because sometimes you know a bird isn't going to run it may just have a flight how do you how do you deal with wind scenting
2: well um
1: specifically relating to, to blood tracking. Um, I have a, I have a special collar that I use for her. Um, this is different than my other collars. It's a big, wide, heavy collar and, and it's attached to a 30 foot lead and, and I don't let her just go tearing off after, you know, down the blood track.
2: Um,
1: so, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm, one of training, I know where the track I know where I laid the track mm-hmm. um so i know I know when she's on or off it
2: um
1: now you know if I'm honest, I'd say she ain't shouldn't get off it very often
0: okay that's <laughs> hey that's a good thing, yes,
1: well it is a good thing, I know, but uh but she's you know she she knows she knows when she's off it and she'll start to you know just swing right right back around to where she picks it back up again, so um so it's a, i'm not sure if i really answered your question but, but it's in, in her mind it's different because uh, because i've made it
0: different okay yeah i i think that actually did answer my question that's a very unique uh i wouldn't expect you to say that honestly um that's a very unique way of going about it but when you, when we talk about dogs it's, it's it's all about the association so you've just built in a a a man-made association which is that collar i think that's brilliant actually (laughs) that's actually really smart
1: i can't claim that one
0: (laughs) well you're the first person to say (laughs) it on this podcast so you can have it all right (laughs) (laughs) um i just i i really really um appreciate that particular uh perspective because that's something again when we're talking about versatile dogs you know it's not always just birds and so i, I just like hearing about different little ways you know people are are training their dogs It's it's, it's about 100 million different ways to skin a cat right and you know it, it, and and you're still working under the umbrella of association so that's just really impressive to me um now are you are you using that blood tracking ability in the field? So let's say you guys shoot a shoot a um, a deer or something like that, and it runs off. Right? Have you ever had an opportunity yep. to to test that in a natural environment?
1: Um. Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I am. I will tell you that I will never go deer hunting again without her. <laughs> um. So. Uh, you know, i again, the place, there's a place here that my friend from work, that, that where we hunt, he's got a, he's got a house there. We stay there. Um, she will be with me from, from here on out. My, my youngest son who, uh, was six last fall shot one. Dang. And, uh, and I am just kicking myself that I didn't have her with me because it was, uh, it was, it was a great shot, but it was a long track. Right. And, uh, Um, so so I, I actually, I took her a couple weeks later, uh, last weekend of the season, Easton and I went up and I had Macy with us and, um, and she was just, I just left her in in the truck and, and while we hunted and he shot one, um, I, it was a great shot. I knew exactly where the deer went and we went ahead and just got Macy and brought her back just to get her the experience. And... It was a, um, it was there was a piece of cake. I mean,
0: it was there was nothing. Right. <laughs> so, Man, so that that is that is awesome. And I know there are a lot of whitetail deer hunters that also listen to my podcast, and I, I think they would really appreciate that. You know, and that's even more incentive for me to try to get out there and shoot some more whitetails because I've had, like I said, I've never shot a deer though. I've been out deer hunting, but. My take has always been, my take has always been uh, that I never really wanted to go hunting without my dog. Right, so right. that there just, you know, that's more incentive for me. I'm not ever sure if I'll ever get a drop. I I thought about it a couple of times, but that's definitely a selling point for me because I can still take my dog out. So,
1: well, I can I can give a piece of advice to your whitetail hunters that are listening. You you got a tough track find a drop guy because they would <laughs> mo- mo- most of them would love to have the experience right. for their dog.
0: Man. So. I, there you, there, look, and, and there it is from Mr. Dan Rowe himself. <laughs> 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 word, well, word spoken okay. like a true drop guy.
2: Yeah,
1: well, uh, well, I mean, and there, and there are other breeds that do it as well. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Curzar and the, and the Longheart and all those other weird german i think they all do it right so
0: right um well i i I think that is really 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 cool um just to hear about that so now that you you've gotten this far what when you when you guys go out easton i got a question for you what how have you grown as a dog trainer in, in, in addition to being out there with your dad? Do you have anything that you kind of picked up or noticed on your own?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, really fun to watch the dog work and stuff. Just interesting because, I mean, it seems like half the birds we wouldn't even get a chance at it if
0: it weren't
2: for the dog wow from here on out as long as i'm a hunter i'll probably always have a bird dog
0: yeah that's what i'm talking about and, and, and there it is for mr easton Rowe. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about man and i like hearing that i mean that's just really that's inspiring for me and uh you know, I would love to just keep up with you guys and just hear more about y'all's hunting experiences because, you know, there, there's, there's no better, I always tell my wife, you know, we're a team and there's no better team like a family team. And I mean, you guys are really, really, really holding that that particular statement true. Um, you know, even something as simple as just being out there together, I think that's going to really, really speak volumes for the bond that you guys have you know growing you know growing up and i and i hope you guys can enjoy this podcast you know maybe five ten years later and you guys are talking about okay well you know this is what we were thinking when easton was this age and then you got you'll be grown and things like that and you'll have even more knowledge man so that's just a really my i don't maybe it doesn't seem like that to you i don't know but that's a really monumental statement easton i i appreciate that from you sir Thanks. Yeah, man. So, w- Mister Mister Ro, what does your wife think about Easton going out? I mean, can I ask you that? <laughs>
2: um, she
1: uh, uh she is um uh, pretty supportive. Okay. Or very supportive. I don't mean pretty supportive. She's very supportive. Um, she uh, um with all my kids, you know, we want them to find their niche. And, uh, and once they do, we will, uh, we will do everything we can, um, to, uh, to make sure that
0: they succeed. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, that, that is, that's dope. Um, one of the things that I really, really want to push on my particular uh podcast and in the episodes and some of the guests that i have on um especially you guys is the idea of of hunting as a family right as a unit and yeah you know my wife is, is is like yours very supportive of what it is that i'm doing to the point she'll come out with me even if it's just to read a book while i'm you know, missing shots on doves and things like that. And we'll sit down (laughs) and and discuss and and, and figure out different plans. I just really like that aspect of, um, upland bird hunting. And I just really want the narrative to, you know, kind of lean towards, towards that. Right. It, you know, hunting, hunting doesn't have to be the boys club. It can be for everybody and everybody can have their own individual part in interest and and also supported at the same time, you know.
2: Yeah, sure.
0: So I mean that is that is really 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 monumental. And even when I was speaking with Edgar um, on the podcast before, I mean he really upholds um, upholds that ideal as well. So while we're going and before I get off, I just I just really want to ask you guys. You know, for any particular families that may be listening to this or, or you know, guys with families coming up or things like that, you know, what is something that you would say that would unify more people to get their entire family out hunting or at least even involved? Like, what's been kind of y'all's trade secret?
2: Oh, well, uh-huh.
1: I'm not going to, I don't know if I have a trade secret, but uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be afraid to try, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Edgar was a huge help, and, um, but, you know, but I can't be, you know, but I can't be afraid to go out and do it on my own, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if I got to wait for somebody else to always go along with me, I'll never, never get it done. Right. So, you know, and I've, um, I mean that's
2: just it,
0: you just do it <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean no that's that's very real, I mean, you know when you wait on people to give you answers and and to tell you where things are, I mean sometimes it's it's and I'm sure you guys can can attest to it sometimes you have failures out there, you know, sometimes you get out there in the hunt and oh, you don't sure. bring anything back, yep, and but, yep, for but sure. the, right, but the the best part about it is you got out there. And you figured it out it and the good thing is it seems like you always got a good hunting buddy, which is easton um and yep. and I can almost imagine Easton you might have had some pretty innovative ideas out there in the field too yeah i uh i i just i when 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 two minds come together out in the field, you know that's how you make a successful hunt, and it's not necessarily about getting a getting a limit or you know, just just going out and having the best shots or the best photos or anything like that, I really, really, really want to encourage more people to pay attention to the initial experience, you know? Like, pay attention to what's going on out there. Pay attention to, you know, who's with you. You know, taking more people out there. You know, Easton, I'm a high school teacher, right? And, I, man, I have... Everybody from age 14 to 18, they're out there, they're on their phones, they're doing this, they're doing that. And they're not really getting a, a, a holistic experience of what really matters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Easton, you, sir, are, are doing something way more monumental. And, and, and it's not to, you know, talk about anything or anything like that, but as a high school teacher... You're doing something that 90% of the population is not even concerned with doing, and you're doing it on a high level. You know, you're getting experience that is one of a kind. And you're becoming a model, man. You're the first, you're the first young guy that I've had on this podcast. And the things that you say, I'm not just boosting you, man. The things that you've said. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think a lot of older people have come up with some of those conclusions, you know? Sure. (laughs) So that, you know, I I wanted to end the podcast on that and just really, really, really thank you guys for what you guys are contributing and even following your social media, Mr. Rowe. I mean, the first thing that you said when you got on here was, hey, look, most of this revolves around my son. Easton wasn't even around and again you're you're becoming a model for the family aspect of of what hunting is you know down here in georgia we'll have you know our georgia outdoor news magazines and stuff people you know it's nice to write about it and to talk about it but to have someone on my podcast and to see it in action that's what matters you know So, thank you. Man, look, if if I didn't have a hurricane on the way down here or some hurricane rain, I'd probably be packing my stuff up to try and get some hunting in myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: we're going Saturday. Get on
0: up here. Look, hey, okay, that's that's fine. I'm going to take off work Friday, and I'll be up there. (laughs) 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 Well, you guys, I mean like i said i'm more inspired than ever and i really want to thank y'all for coming on um we kind of creeping up on time was there anything else that um you guys wanted to say can i can i invite any you know folks to your instagram profile mr Rowe, or or i know you're part of pheasants forever and (laughs) things like that can i where can we find you
1: Well, you're more than welcome to get on my Instagram. It's underscore Dan, underscore Ro, R-O-W-E. Um R-O-W-E. I don't know that there's a whole lot more to add unless somebody wants to come to Kansas City and buy a house from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And again, words from Mr. Rowe, come buy a house. <laughs> 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 that is so, awesome. I, uh... No, I, I not Can you hear me? Did it cut out? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought I lost you too. Yeah.
0: I thought, I thought I lost you for a second. Okay. So now we know come to Kansas city hunt with Mr. Rowe and, uh, Easton and come buy a house before you leave. I think we can conclude on that. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, guys, Easton, Dan, I, I thank y'all. And, um, that's the end of the gundog notebook guys i mean this is why i do this this is these are the connections that i want to make and like i said y'all are just so so representative of that so i mean if y'all are okay with it i i think we got a successful you know successful conversation going on and i'm looking forward to meeting you guys
1: yeah great sounds good
0: all right easton thank you again too man i appreciate it yeah thank you all right okay guys that was mr. Dan Rowe and his son Easton I hope you guys enjoyed that episode um, just a couple of updates just to follow up at the end of the podcast please remember to go um, subscribe to my patreon and if you know if you want to be a supporter and a, and a, and a consistent and active uh, you know contributor to the podcast you can find my, the gun Dog notebook uh, on patreon.com patreo n.com also guys uh the gundognotebook.com is is up and live that's where we're at the gundognotebook.com is officially a website it's up and running uh i just want to say just kind of excuse my podcast my not my podcast but my uh progress a little bit but it's 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 making some headway i'm getting some new content up and running for you guys. So just check that out pretty regularly. And, uh, you know, just start seeing some podcast episodes being listed from there. Like I said, I'm building it myself, so it takes a second. We, uh, guys, 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 you gotta go buy the shirts. Honestly, I got the shirts on right now. Um, I always wear them if I, if I if, if, as long as I can get a chance to get them in a the wash and not I wear them that much. But guys, go get one of the gundog notebook podcast, Covey flush shirts or the 12 o'clock 12 p.m tail shirt uh you know i put a lot of uh, graphic interest in it so just check that out if you want to also support the podcast so again i appreciate the man i am messing up my words i'm so sorry but look man This is the end of the podcast, and I appreciate all the work that's going in, all right? So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I'll catch y'all later. Thanks.